Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Here we go, Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, thanks for being with us on a kind of gray, chilly, rainy Monday. Not what we had uh, for much of the weekend. It was fantastic this weekend. Hope you were able to uh, responsibly take advantage of the uh, the good weather over the course of the weekend. Seaspire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. If you would like to be a part of the conversation, we would love for you to uh, to join us at Seaspire. They're not just saying they care. They're taking action to show it through the COVID-19 crisis and every day. Now more than ever, Mississippi needs to stay connected and Seaspire is working to make that happen, from offering free wireless data for educational websites to connecting businesses with the tools that they need to work from home. They're even partnering with UMMC, and they have turned the Seaspire Health app into a free virtual triage center for anyone experiencing symptoms related to COVID-19. Learn more at cspire.com slash cares. Borky, what's up? Uh, to tell you the truth, I'm getting a little frustrated. I might disconnect from just media for a while. Just too much bad news to handle? Well, that and so, for example, in case if you're listening and you haven't heard, the state of Virginia, the governor issued a stay-at-home order that extends into the second week of June, June 10th. And that in and of itself sounds crazy, and I mean, to be honest with you, it probably is a little premature, but then when something like that happens, you get the sports media people that are, oh, wow, there's no way we're getting college football now. And one, maybe it's true, but we still don't know, and just because one state is issuing a stay-at-home order until June, which, by the way, if you read the order, says in the middle of it, by the way, this can change if information changes. So it's an order, it's it's crazy, but also we could change this at any time. It doesn't mean anything. And you just have these people that are, oh, we're definitely not getting football. You're crazy if you think we are. It just buzz off. This is ridiculous. So I might just disconnect altogether. I'm sick of reading stuff like that. Yeah, there is a, uh, there's a lot of... Uh, disconcerting news that is out there, and I think the point that you made in the middle of all this is a good one, and it's we don't know. I mean, until the cases start dwindling or at least going down, or to use the buzz phrase, until the curve flattens a little bit, we're going to kind of be stuck in this rut of you got to stay at home, you got to stay away from people, and until people actually do that, which in a lot of cases they're not, 
because they're kind of going stir crazy, it's uh, it's probably not going to get significantly better. Do you see the hey, pictures Dad, in New York City okay? today? What? what? Just of the empty streets? Uh, no. So that um, that medical ship uh, that pulled into New York today. At, oh gosh, what was it called? The Comfort. Uh, which is a big military hospital vessel, basically. Uh, People gathered on the streets to watch it pull in. Like, don't you realize why that ship is coming here? (laughs) The the picture where the Statue of Liberty is in the background behind the ship, and you've got some tugboats that are kind of pulling it into the harbor and getting it, it's a a pretty powerful picture, but it's a a sad picture uh, as well. Um, hey, Dad, how was your weekend? It was quiet, believe it or not. Not, not a whole lot going on, but uh, it's sort of the, the new normal. So what did you do? I, I cooked out like I said I was going to, um, and that's that's about it. That's okay. about it. It's like I'm pulling teeth here. I mean, what, what do you want me to say? There's out? nothing on TV. What did you I mean, cook? I, some, I did some, uh, some barbecue chicken, a little boudin. That's not bad. I went with uh, kind of a a grilled smoked chicken last night and uh, had fun with that. Well, I I, I love barbecue chicken. It's just just so easy to do, and you can't. It's it's tough to screw it up. Special barbecue sauce, like homemade, or just one out of the bottle? Nah, nah, just 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 something out of the bottle. Like I wanted to keep it simple on purpose. I got you. There you go. Rippy, what would you do that was interesting this weekend? Really kind of the same thing. We did crawfish in the backyard Saturday. It was pretty good. Wait, you guys went and bought it and then ate it in the backyard, or you had a crawfish boil? I don't understand the question, but we bought crawfish and then cooked it in the backyard and then proceeded to eat it in the backyard. He's asking if you bought it cooked or if you bought it. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. I was about to say, wow. I didn't understand where you were going with that one. They were alive when we got them. Woo. I got you. That's kind of, I mean, there are lots of places where you can buy it cooked already, and if you're just looking like for a quick meal, that's not a bad way to go. But if you're looking to do something to take up half the day, having a crawfish boil, not a terrible idea, as long as you don't have a crawfish boil party where you invite a ton of people over to uh, hang out, I guess. No, it was well, it was like I guess us three and one more. There you go. So four people. There you go. Uh, Borky, you know what? I finally started watching this weekend, and it, and it was kind of an accident that I started. Tiger King. I, I did. No. Ozark. No, I'm going to save that for a little while longer. I'll, I'll get to that eventually. Yeah, you if, Cobra Kai. Oh, see, I. It's still something we've got to do, especially because we're still at best a few weeks away. We need to do the like you watch Game of Thrones, I watch Karate Kid type thing to get us all caught up. It's not really a fair trade there. No, Game it's of not. Thrones but no. is, is is weeks of, of TV watching. <laughs> Karate Kid is like ninety minutes. Hey, that I watched the first five seasons of Game of Thrones in two weeks. That is yeah. fifty hours of television watching in fourteen days. Once you get started, it's like a it's like a can of Pringles. Rippy knows what I'm talking about. You just can't you just keep going. <sighs> I don't know if I can make myself do Game of Thrones. 
Do you think, do you, honestly, you, you know me fairly well, Borky. You know my personality. You know, for the most part, the things that I like and I'm interested in, the things that I'm not necessarily interested in. Do you think I could get into it and be interested and intrigued by Game of Thrones, or is this going to be like, I have to watch it because I agreed to watch it? Honestly, no. I don't think you would enjoy it. I, I would not feel good telling him to watch it. Yeah. Because it ends so poorly, you get so invested. You're like, "This is." Even if you liked it, you're like, "This is really good TV. I'm excited." And then it ends, and just like, "Why? Why did I spend all that time?" At least it would just be a few weeks for him, and not the years off our life that we gave. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess you need to watch certainly Karate Kid one, and probably Karate Kid one and two. I'll do them both. Kind of feel like, yeah, yeah. and yeah, skip you know, three. Two very three never stories, happened. but th- three was a disaster. Don't watch three. Three just and Rocky an absolute Five, disaster. Just don't watch them. But co- have you gone down the Cobra Kai road yet? Um, I, I, hey, I have not. I have not, and I need to. I, I don't do. I don't have YouTube TV, but I guess I need to look into that. Yeah, so it's – if I'm being I, – I think I'm six episodes into it. I watched maybe four episodes on Friday night or Saturday night after everybody went to bed, and then I watched two more of them last night. And if we're being honest, it's it's kind of bad. Like, it, it's not it's not great. It, it's pretty predictable. But at the same time, it's like there's just enough there to make you go to the next episode, and you're kind of curious what happens next. It, it's it got two seasons. I don't know if there's a third season that's coming or not, but uh, I, I'll get through it uh, one way or another, I suppose. Uh, again, the C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. Borky, What's the poll question as we get started today? The poll question is inspired by something I did this weekend. Have you picked up a hobby since sports has ended? We've got a lot of free time on the weekends, nothing to watch. A lot of you listening were going to spend your times at the baseball field three days a week. Have you picked up any random hobby since sports was shut down? A lot of the guys on this show are going to spend their, their days at the baseball field three days a weekend. Yep, with a couple midweeks thrown in there as well. Yeah. Who new hobbies? I have spent my I've spent more time around the grill, but that's not a new hobby. That's something I've all, always liked. I guess I've technically picked up a new hobby in the last three weeks. What about you guys? Anybody added something new? Spent about two hundred dollars yesterday at Lowe's buying a bunch of herbs and stuff to grow in the yard. So, all right, you can tell us more about that coming up in uh, just a minute. We'll get to some of your texts on the ceasefire text line. The Division One Council for the NCAA is meeting right now, and uh, we anticipate getting some news before the show is over as to uh, what the plan is going to be in terms of eligibility for spring sport athletes. Either that or they may just kick the can down the road a little farther. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll be right back on Sports Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Glad to have you along this Monday. Got the whole crew. Brian Scott Rippey, he's in the studio. Brian Haydad in the studio in Starkville. Borky is 
in the uh, Jackson studios, and I'm in the home office. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Philip in Starkville on the C Spire text line. Borky growing his own herb. If he starts sounding like Cheech on the radio, then you know it wasn't parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. <laughs> Got all four of those, though. I have a 16-year-old that lives up the street from me, so maybe I should just cut some of that off and sell it to him. Wait. It's not illegal. Yeah, it's just... Uh, uh oh, selling extra cash. Yeah, I've got some Parsley. oregano, and the oregano is the most full one right now. So cut some of that, let it dry, and sell it to. I'm not going to say his name. Little Timmy up the road. Uh, Derek says he's glad that he's considered an essential worker. Says he's probably he probably would pick up day drinking if he was stuck at home 24 seven. Um. Yeah, I mean maybe on Saturday and Sunday that's okay, but. Uh, Say Monday through Friday, uh, just doing that nonstop wouldn't necessarily be your uh, your best thing. Uh, Jerry, uh, Jeremy in Hamilton says not a hobby, but back to the TV series Longmire and Justified are great series with great endings that will pass the time during all of this sheltering at home. So Longmire and Justified are a couple that Jeremy suggests. Uh, Jason says he has reinvested in Cheers, maybe just because of the legendary theme song, but also because it's just a great show. Have you seen what Cheers... So on Netflix, if you have a show highlighted, but you haven't clicked on it yet, it plays you a clip of the show or the movie or whatever. If you go to Cheers right now, it is a scene from the show where a guy comes into the bar and he's talking about how... Oh, he's sick, but he's fine, no big deal, whatever. And he gets up and leaves, and the entire bar starts, like, wiping everything down and spraying each other and stuff because this guy worked at, like, a, a infectious disease center or something. That is the preview on Cheers right now. They changed it to where it's fitting to the time. Wow. It's pretty cool. <laughs> or morbid, however you want to look at it. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe morbid is the uh, the right way to go. I know for a fact that it's illegal to sell something fake and call it what it looks like. Yeah, it blew my mind too. <laughs> Jeez. Trying tell to me pull got a, a bag of one. herb. It's a bag yes. of herb. That's all you got to tell them. You weren't lying. There you. That there you you go. All right, so maybe the biggest sports story that's out there today, and to call it a big story, I guess, is a little bit of a stretch. Uh, a little bit of a wild idea reported over the weekend about how possibly we could be getting some sports back, and maybe even soon. First, the reason why. According to the Wall Street Journal, the NBA's TV partners stand to lose $700 million if the season gets canceled. Media analyst Michael Nathanson forecasts for the Wall Street Journal that if the NBA were to shut down the season and cancel the playoffs, it would cost Walt Disney Company's ESPN and ABC $481 million and Warner Media's TNT $211 million in lost ad rev revenue. And that comes in a season when the NBA was already bracing itself for a $400 million hit because of the standoff with China over a tweet from a team executive that supported protesters in Hong Kong. Now, if we really wanted to go down a rabbit hole right now, and I'm not suggesting that we do this, we could potentially, there, there are some 
conspiracy theorists who think that the protests that were going on in Hong Kong and the resulting bad publicity that was uh, directed toward China as a result actually is a tie-in to what we are going through globally right now, but that'll be on Paul Gallo tomorrow morning at 6. <laughs> Talk about full Kobe, circle, though. I think Kobe was protecting us. Now that he's gone, all these terrible things are happening. You mean that in the nicest way possible, I'm sure. 100%. I mean, that guy was a... Yes. I love Kobe Bryant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, not to go down that rabbit hole, but according to Brian Windhurst, so, so, so what do we do about that? What could you possibly do to save $700 million for ESPN and TNT? Brian Windhorst, who's an NBA reporter, uh, you know, he was, you know who Brian Windhorst is. He started out covering the Cavaliers and then... He covered specifically LeBron and followed him from Cleveland to Miami and then back to Cleveland and has become kind of a big-time ESPN guy. Here, here's what his quote was. Various ideas have been floated by players and executives. One is to consider using a sprawling casino property in Las Vegas where everything could be held under one roof. Others suggested playing in the Bahamas where a ballroom could be converted into a playing court specifically for broadcast. There's even been talk of taking over a college campus in the Midwest where reported cases of COVID-19 are lower. So obviously the Bahamas idea would be kind of a takeoff on Battle for Atlantis, the Thanksgiving tournament that is held in Atlantis where they convert a great big ballroom into a basketball arena, seats a couple of thousand, maybe 3,000 people when it's completely full, and it's a made-for-TV event. Um, it's a cool setup. It's kind of hard for me to imagine the NBA going with that setup, but maybe so. But Borky, the idea of taking over one of these completely closed Vegas hotel resorts and creating a controlled environment to play the remainder of the season, it's kind of crazy. Is it so crazy, though, that it just might work? It does make sense, doesn't it? I mean, in the first time a player or a coach would show symptoms and test positive, the entire thing would shut down. But, I mean, what happens in uh, a month, uh, six, eight weeks from now when the entire league's been tested, every coach has been tested, every player, personnel, whoever, trainers that deal with the players, they've all been tested, they don't have it, and they all want to play, so why not? take over one of these empty hotels and then play in the arena down the street where everything's controlled. If you're, I mean, the players want to play because they don't get their money without it. Obviously, there's $700 million at stake for the league. And I do think, as I've said before on this show, they want to test this summer schedule to see if it would work. You only have to do it once, hopefully. Knock on wood. You'd only have to do that one time. So as weird as it would be in... LeBron James talks about how he wouldn't like playing in front of no fans because they bring energy. You only got to do it once. And it could bring basketball back, and it could allow you to keep your money this year. It makes sense. The college campus idea, I think, would be awesome. Could you imagine watching an NBA playoff game in an empty Allen Fieldhouse? Hmm. The idea, though, that you can control the environment completely... It's a little far-fetched. 
I think it's a lot far-fetched because when you start thinking, okay, you can say, well, I mean, all you got to do is test the team personnel and the referees, and but but it doesn't. I mean, even in a tightly controlled environment, you're still talking about all of the teams, all of the assistant coaching staffs, all of the training staffs, all of the people that would work to pull the games off. You're your announcers, but I mean, the announcers are kind of like the least of the worry in terms of, of the broadcast because you got to have camera people and you've got to have directors and producers and staff. You got to have some level of security. I mean, even if it's just security to make sure that people are kept out, you're going to have to have some sort of workers to keep the hotel operational. You're going to have to have food service people to make sure that the NBA players are fed. I mean, if you're talking about bringing the entire league into one property and trying to control that environment, I mean, are you are you going to – I mean, even the food that's brought in from the outside, you know, what if one of the truck drivers or one of the delivery people is, is – it's just – it seems like there are too many variables. And, and I'm not trying to, like, turn into a scientist on you, but isn't the whole idea if you're running a scientific experiment – you have to control every single variable with the exception of the one thing that you're testing so that everything has to be the same except the one thing that you're testing differently? Yeah. It just seems to me like there's too much to be able to pull that off. And to your point, when you've got everybody in one spot, it takes one person that is still carrying COVID-19 whatever strand it is that we're talking about of COVID-19, one person can mess the entire thing up. And they can mess the entire thing up without even knowing that they're messing the thing up. Ceasefire text line says false negative tests are happening every day. Just saying it would cost millions uh, with an outbreak within that. Yeah. I don't want to knock an idea, especially an idea that brings sports back to us. And I'm not knocking the idea. It's just hard for me to wrap my mind around all of the things that would go into making that happen. It's going to happen overseas, though. There's we'll a tell you tease more about you. that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be right back. Today on the Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed at Sports Talk MISS. Have you picked up a new hobby since sports shut down? Responses so far. I thought work would keep me busy from lack of sports, but quarantined at home due to COVID-like symptoms, and I'm waiting on test results. So it's basically exploring all the TV channels I'm paying for, and it's not working. Mike says uh, he is sleeping late. Uh, we had uh, volunteerist, I believe, saying drinking and sleeping, and Doug says no new hobbies for me. So, yeah, you can send those to us on the uh, Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed at Sports Talk M I S S. Um, text message that uh, comes in: Are we such a spoiled country that we can't do without entertainment long enough to heal our country? 
Orky, you responded with a, a couple of points there. You want to share those? Yeah, um, I think it's a good question. But first and foremost, especially in Mississippi, but it's the financial component that is most important here. I mean, as we mentioned, the NBA stands to lose $700 million if they don't finish their season. That is a massive amount of money. And even a league as rich as theirs, I mean, that is it is difficult to uh, come to grips with. It's the financial component that hurts so bad. We talked about it leading up to the cancellation of baseball season when that was talked about but not really there, that the local communities in Oxford and Starkville and Hattiesburg are going to be hurt so hard by this. So part of the reason people want sports back so bad is because there's the financial tie, but also the emotional tie. I mean, there are people, most of the people listening to this show are kind of this way, that what they do is they wake up, they go to work, they go home, and it's their sports team. They're either watching it on TV, they're reading about it, it's what they do. And every weekend in the fall, they either go to the game or they gather together and watch the game. And then at church the next morning, they talk about the game. And it's what they do. It's, it's work, it is their family, and it is their teams. And so without that component in their life, people are kind of lost. It's It may sound weird to, to you because you seem to have a, a more diverse collection of hobbies than most people, but there are people, friends of mine, that they only do work and Ole Miss or Mississippi State sports. That's what they do. That's all they care about. That's how they live. And without it, they don't know what to do. Yeah, my dad would not have been a happy camper during this because he did not watch any TV that wasn't sports. Really? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what he watched. Football, basketball, he watched every Braves game that was on the Superstation. That's all he watched. It's hmm. beyond the sports thing, too. You can't go do anything. Yeah, that's, that's, that's another side of it, yeah. And for a lot of people, the sports is the thing that you do on the weekends. You know, maybe not in the middle of the summer when not a whole lot is going on, but, I mean, th- this doesn't have to just be about big sports. I mean, obviously this question could, uh, you know, it popped up because of what we were talking about with the NBA trying to figure out a way to, to, to get back, you know, if they were going to take over some hotel in Las Vegas and spend a boatload of money to make sure that everybody was properly tested and quarantined and you were keeping people out just to try and kind of get that economic driver going again for their television partners. So that's why we started with this, but, but think about sports in a broader picture, not just the guys that get paid for it. And not just college sports, but high school seasons that have been derailed and rec leagues that have been derailed. You have no spring soccer going on right now. We are rolling into the time where you would have spring baseball leagues going and all the other spring sports that kids participate in. You know, outside of going to a golf course, I mean, that, that's about the only sports activity you can participate in. Like, like all the local public tennis courts where I live in Oxford have been closed as well. I mean, they started out by just closing the restrooms, but now they've locked those up. So it's not like you can go to the tennis court to get exercise if tennis is your thing because they're trying to, you know, limit the contact person to person that theoretically could slow this thing down. Here's my question, or, or here's a question. Jane and I have talked about this some. We know it would have been impossible two weeks ago, 
this had not gotten nearly as serious and it was not dominating the conversation. Two weeks may be a bad example because two weeks ago, everybody was talking about it. Two and a half weeks ago, if you go back to that Wednesday night of the SEC men's basketball tournament, all the other tournaments were going on too, just using that as kind of a marker on the calendar for you. The night that Rudy Gobert in Oklahoma City, uh, it was announced that he was positive for COVID-19 and that just kind of changed everything in the sporting world and really got the ball rolling down the hill. What if, so that happened on Wednesday, what if we had gone into a federally mandated nationwide quarantine the following Monday? Okay, there would have been panic. People would have been mad. There would have been all kinds of talk about overreaction. There would have been a rush on grocery stores and all of those things, right? All that stuff that would have, would have happened. But if two weeks ago today we had gone into a 15 or 20 or 21-day federally mandated national quarantine, you can't have any contact, you can't go out, and, and, and I understand the reasons why that wouldn't work, okay? I'm, I'm not suggesting that that's necessarily what should have happened. But if that had happened, would it have stopped COVID-19 dead in its tracks I mean it's tough to say because I'm not because I'm not a doctor but I mean it would probably have gone a long way towards it you have to, you just have to think that you have to you know makes makes sense logically if a certain foreign government was truthful at the beginning then things would have also been different but I guess it's that's not, for Gallo at six it's not just it's not just truthful at the beginning China's still not being truthful about it. They've been yep. telling us for two weeks now that all oh, the death rates are going way down. No, they're not. Zero new You're cases not telling in anybody. six days. Isn't that right? Zero new cases yeah. in six days right. in China? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. We believe you. No, we don't. No, we don't at all. And, and I don't even know that a national quarantine, if that's what we would call it, would have actually stopped the spread it would have slowed the spread dramatically but you would have still had people infected going to medical facilities and you would have had you know caregivers that were being exposed i mean all of those things but it certainly would have slowed it the bottom line is this doesn't go away though until we get a vaccine right I mean, we, we kind of beat up on Kirk Herbstreet on Friday, I guess it was, for, for some of his comments, and, and I think deservedly so to, to some degree. But one thing that he said in there is, well, I mean, doctors are telling us what best-case scenario, 12 to 18 months, to develop a vaccine for COVID-19. I mean, 12, 12 to 18 months from when? This past January? So we're looking at June of... 2021? Now, I'm not saying life's not going to get back to somewhat normal levels before then. But, I mean, unless there's some unbelievable medical breakthrough and they waive all clinical trial testing, it's not going to happen any sooner. You know, there, 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 there are a lot of levels of sadness that go along with this, right? So you have the ultimate sadness in that we've got loss of life. And the numbers are becoming more and more significant by the day. Although 
the loss of any life is a significant number, but the numbers are becoming big. They're becoming bigger by the day, and they're rising at almost an exponential rate. So that part of it's really sad. The exposure that doctors and nurses and medical workers are having to this, incredibly sad. The economic downfall of businesses all over the United States, incredibly sad. Yeah, one of the things that we haven't really talked about a lot, how about all the high school graduations that are not going to happen? I mean, that, that that's a, a real thing. And those of us, Rippy, I'll include you in this. I'm kind of there. Borky, I don't know how you felt about walking, quote-unquote, uh, at your college graduation. But for a lot of people, that's a really, really big deal. It's a milestone in their life. It It is the culmination of sacrifice for a lot of people to get a young person through college. And I think you could argue that high school graduation is a bigger deal for a lot of people than even a college graduation is. So so you, you've got you know seniors in high school who are never going to play any sports again just because they're not Division I athletes. But they lost that last season. And kids that aren't going to have a high school graduation. That's the stuff to me that we're not really talking about that has a really significant impact. I'm not saying it, you know, it's not the end of the world. Will kids be okay? Of course they will. It's kind of a bummer when you think about all those kids across the entire country that are not going to get a high school graduation. A lot of which have worked really, really hard to get to the point that they are able to walk across that stage and get their diploma. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. So this whole conversation about the NBA potentially playing in Vegas and you know controlling the environment in a hotel or whatever. It seems a little far-fetched, and yet Borky in England, or I guess I should say the UK, there's some discussion about this actually happening? Yeah, with government backing. Uh, so they, uh, I guess the idea came from the Olympics or the World Cup, where when you have all these people from all these countries coming into uh, these places, they put them up in basically dorm rooms that they build for the specific countries in, in, in like a camp almost. And they're going to build, or the idea is to build World Cup-style camps uh, in the middle of the country in during the summer, finish the English Premier League season, and they have the government's backing to do it. Games... Behind closed doors, no fans involved, every game being aired on national and worldwide television and make it an exclusive TV event in a controlled camp-style environment. 92 matches, so a few every day during the course of the summer. Brian, hey, Dad, I'm assuming you're not against this idea. Totally against it. I just don't want Liverpool to win the championship. Just cancel the season. Don't want them to win it. Oh, uh, you should. Just shut it all down, huh? Yeah, it's the only way. 
No, I mean it's it's interesting, and and the you know the concept makes sense, right? Because like Borky said, this is what they do for the Olympics and for the World Cup. These guys go out there and and they have it set up like that. Um, but you know, again, it's just it's just it's really difficult for me to foresee it being successful. I, I am I am a full proponent of let's 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 go back when we're 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 pretty confident everything can be as close to normal as possible. You know, because I, I I don't want to have to go through it again. I don't want to have to. Okay, we're getting straight started back up, and oh, we got a couple weeks of games. Oh, somebody's sick. We got to shut it back down. I don't. I don't want that to happen. So, but it, uh, of of the of the uh, that idea to me makes more sense than the idea of Vegas or or the Bahamas. Story coming from uh, the Independent in the UK said. Um, the idea is fraught with logistical problems. It's not just the clubs that would have to be confined to quarantined bases, but also all officials, cameramen, and outside broadcast crews. There also remains the moral issue of having medical officials at what are ultimately non-essential events, not to mention potential hospital visits. Uh, one source said, where does a player go after uh, – uh, where does a player who does his cruciate which I guess is saying has an ACL injury, or breaks his leg, go after he's stretchered off. Hospitals will have much bigger concerns. The Premier League would almost have to have a private hospital blocked off. And they say it's for this reason that summer is seen as much more viable than May, both logistically and politically. The optimistic view is that the curve will have flattened, but there will also be considerable political backing behind the plan. Um, I think the key component is that the players and the teams want to do it. If there was reservation from the teams, I mean, it happened in what was supposed to be the final NBA game of the year. One of the two teams said, no, we're not coming out of the locker room. We are not playing when the official that's supposed to be refing this game did Rudy Gobert's game the other day. We're not coming out of the locker room, and they shut it down. If all of the players and the teams are on board I mean, who's going to tell them to stop, right? It's got to, I guess, be the federal government. But in this case, if the government's wanting them to, it might just happen. Hmm. What's the reason the government wants them to? Is it just simply um, a boost in morale? Could be. I mean, it's sort of the same thing over there. I would imagine the TV contracts for the Premier League in England are massive. And there's, there's American television there, too. Um, I don't know. I think the morale boost, there's something to that. I mean, soccer, football is such a big deal and such a part of the daily culture of the United Kingdom and really all over the world. But, I mean, UK is where we're talking about the Premier League in particular. Um, They – it it matters to their economy, although this isn't going to have an economic – effect on the local economies because you're talking about going to some remote semi-isolated place in the middle of England and kind of playing it all behind closed doors so it's not like you're getting full stadiums and all of that but yeah I mean I think it's the idea is to kind of give a boost to the overall morale of the country it's a fascinating thing to think about we got plenty to get into with you this afternoon. We're going to take a quick time out. We've got winners and losers 
You can send us yours on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Be creative. Make us laugh. That would be great. Winners and losers on this Monday when we come back. It's always the same. It's just a shame. That's all. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395. At C Spire, they're not just saying they care, they're taking action to show it through this COVID-19 crisis in addition to every day. From free wireless data for educational websites to connecting businesses with the tools to work from home, learn more at cspire.com slash cspirecares. Uh, we'll give this a shot. We kind of played around with it a little bit last Monday. Winners and losers has become a big part of this show. We've been doing it for, oh, I don't know, two, maybe three years now on Mondays. What did you see from the weekend that you thought was a winner, that deserves to be recognized on a Monday? What did you see that is in that other category that makes you go, yeah, that was not good? That is why on Mondays we bring you winners and losers. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm a loser, baby. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. All right, so winners and losers from the weekend. I'll start us off, and this sounds a little fluffy. You'll forgive me, but the weather this weekend, holy cow. We were finally able to get outside. The rain finally stopped, so it was, what, uh, low 80s on Friday, low 80s on Saturday, low to mid-70s yesterday. Sun was out and, uh, you know, provided that uh, you, you were responsible about it. No reason whatsoever not to be outside and enjoying some time this weekend. So the weather goes to the top of my winner's list from this weekend. If we've got to be kind of stuck just, uh, you know, not doing the things that we normally do, at least give us some good weather so we can uh, can do some other things. And that was really good this weekend, Borky. Oh, it was really good. And we're going to get a cold snap this week, which, um, you Boo. know, I know in my newfound um, herb garden, I'm doing jalapenos and stuff too. They had ghost peppers. I almost bought one, but I figured, I mean, why would I grow this thing that I know I will never want to touch ever other than to say I have it? So anyway, it'll hopefully not kill all of that, but it could. thought we were done with the 40 degree nights. Can't you like stick Orky's it in an incubator be, uh... or something? Borky's going to be taking over for Garden Mama on the weekends. If Seriously. Hey, man, oh, on my next episode of Gardening with Borky, why all crepe myrtle, like whoever created the crepe myrtle uh, is the troll master god because those are the worst plants, trees, whatever you want to call them, in the history of no, gardening. They're, they're terrible. They're good like to look at. But to maintain or get rid of, they're miserable. Well, the the problem is if you don't do any maintenance to them for a long period of time, they get out of control. But if you proper uh, properly maintain them on a year in year out basis, and yet that you you can't go and commit crepe murder, if you know what I'm talking about, you you can't just be the guy that you know chops them off and lets them grow. They'll grow, but they're going to come back with knobs and they'll look terrible forever. It's got to be a very uh, strategic trimming 
of your crepe myrtles that happens. Yeah, well, the previous owner of my home for at least a decade didn't touch anything. So I've got three crepe myrtles in the back right corner of my yard, back or front right corner of my yard that have grown yeah. into the fence. So if I want to cut them down, I have to destroy my fence. Yeah, and their roots are uh, pretty serious also. And I, last summer, I cut one down that was that just growed out of the middle of the backyard, just like without any purpose. It must have just like a seed fell or something and it grew. It had a, I cut it all the way down and had somebody with a grinder come down and grind the stump. Guess what? It's growing right up out of the stump that I grinded down. So I have to go out there every once in a while and just keep chopping at this thing. They're terrible. Uh, do you have a winner, by the way? Uh, Jason Bateman, uh, the the actor, the famous actor. I'm really enjoying the show Ozark. Uh, my wife and I are about to finish season three. He's the producer on it as well as the lead role. It is... For a lot of shows, like even Game of Thrones had low points, I don't think I've watched an episode of Ozark and thought, eh, they're all so well done and so well written, and he is a phenomenal actor, and I'm enjoying the heck out of it. So Jason Bateman. His character in Ozark is so incredibly complicated and complex, and it's like, is he a nerd? Is he a pushover? Or is he a kind of a bad dude? Uh, like bad dude in a good way or is he a bad dude in a bad way does he have a moral compass does he have a conscience whatsoever it's he's really complex and it's one of those the the, the storyline for Ozark is one of those things where it's just like layer on top of layer on top of layer and you look at it and you go there's got to be a way out for these people and there's really not a way out. So it's uh, pretty fascinating stuff. Hey, Dad. Winner. Sean Payton. Uh, Saturday night. I think it was Saturday night. It was Saturday or Sunday. Uh, somebody tweeted out just, hey, coaches, tweet out some of your favorite concepts, whatever you like to do. Sean Payton got in on that and started tweeting out some plays out of the Saints playbook started doing some Q&A with people, explaining what things meant. And it was really, really, and I don't normally follow Sean Payton, you know, because most of his Twitter feed, when when things like this aren't going on, it's just sort of corporate, hey, check out our sponsors, we need you at the stadium kind of stuff. But it was really, really interesting. He got to, you know, for an NFL coach to pick up on that. I don't know how he found it. He wasn't tagged in the original tweet. I don't know if he's close to the guy who tweeted it originally, but it was really, really cool to see some of that stuff. And he, and he explained some of it. Well, if he's still in quarantine, maybe he was like the rest of us, just trying to randomly figure out something, and he just stumbled across it. Possible. He tweeted out his favorite play concepts, right? And somebody replied, "Uh, Coach, why are you giving these away on Twitter? And he's like, oh, everybody's seen it. They just can't stop it. (laughs) That's a good point. There really are no secrets in the the NFL. Uh, Rippy, give me a winner. I saw a guy walking... uh his bird, I think, yesterday he was walking and I guess practicing social distancing by himself with the bird on his shoulder. So I guess in these tough times, it it's not that looked like a daily routine. That didn't like the like the first time he had taken the bird on the walk. So I guess in these uh, tough and trying times, that guy is not missing a beat. This is one of those things that like you need to read the text line because a guy a few weeks ago sent us a picture of that guy yeah. with his bird sitting at the bar or at a bar in Oxford. 
So I'm assuming Wait. the bird's real. Yes. Well, he wasn't sitting in a bar. He was like walking down Jackson Avenue right. with the and bird then, on his shoulder. And wasn't he sent he? us another one uh, from a local establishment. Yeah. Hmm. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, a loser for you. It's a tough time to be a rat in New Orleans. Have you uh, have you seen this story? Uh, precautions put in place to slow the rise of coronavirus cases in New Orleans have inadvertently led to a rat problem for the Louisiana city with restaurants closed save for takeout service far less food waste is being discarded in the city's alleyways driving the local rodent population out into the open to search for scraps Charles Marsala of New Orleans insider tours told CBS News, I turned the corner, there's about 30 rats at the corner feasting on something in the middle of the street. Said that he had never seen anything like it before. To control the population, city crews started putting bait in the gutters and placing rat traps throughout the French Quarter neighborhood. New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell said the rats were going, quote, crazy the um, here's the uh, this this story is giving me the skeeves, man. Jeez Louise! Here's the best line, the best line. Claudia Regal, head of local pest control board, says, "Quote: It's a difficult time to be a rat." Close quote. Ugh. Due to the limited availability of food scraps, there's usually rats on Bourbon Street, just of a different breed. <laughs> Those are different. Yes. So I don't know if that whole story goes into the losers category or if it's just the rats in particular that make the losers list, but I don't know. I read that earlier, and like you, hey, Dad, I was kind of uh, was a little unsettling as I was just it was kind of, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't like rats, man. Mice, really not a big deal. Rats, that's, uh, that's pretty gross. So swamp rats running around on Bourbon Street. Ugh. We'll get a couple more losers and then get to your winners and losers on the text line. C Spire text line 601 879 4395. We'll be right back. All right, guys, I got long-winded with the rat story. Give me your losers from the weekend. Borky, you're up. I got a real quick rat story myself. So I lived in... Oh, my gosh. What? I can't. I hate rats. (laughs) Oh, this is going to make you sick. So uh, I lived with a a couple of my buddies uh, at a house in Bellhaven, really old house. I think it was 1939 or so when it was built. And we had a rat problem. I was actually on my way out uh, with my now wife to go pick up my then girlfriend on a date when I saw the rat for the first time behind our stove. And it was one of those rats that was so big, like he wasn't scared of me. He just stared at me like, wait, what are you doing here? I'm six, eight inches long, and that's probably being conservative, just a huge rat. And at night, you could hear them running around the house. So we called, uh, yeah. So we called an exterminator, and he found that the rats were coming up through a pipe that led to, it was like our washer and dryer exhaust pipe that went down underneath the house and not out. So they were crawling up from underneath the house through this pipe. And so what he did was he sealed the hole 
put poison around the house, and left. The problem was the rats were in the house when he did that. So they ate the poison and they died and we couldn't find them in the house. So we had to wait. Yeah, you could smell them though. I we bet. had to wait until they smelt bad to go dig them up from around the places where they died in the house. Four rats. Big squirrel-sized rats oh. were dead inside of our house and we had to wait until they smelt bad to find them. So in hindsight, I guess I'm a loser for that. I'm a loser too for having are to hear. Are we classifying it. rats and nutria? Are, are, are we classifying rats and nutria as the same thing? Basically, yeah. Nutrients are are just bigger rats. And I, I don't. Before any well, actually, animal biologists hit me. I don't care. They're just bigger rats. Yeah. Hey, Dad, you got a loser? I do. And unfortunately for me, it's WWE. Uh, I don't know why they're not canceling WrestleMania. WrestleMania, you know, we, we talked about LeBron doesn't want to do a thing in front of uh, without the fans. I get that, but WrestleMania really is made by the the, the pageantry of it. The the fact that they have it in front of eighty, ninety thousand people. It, otherwise, it's just a wrestling event. And now one of their biggest stars, Roman Reigns, has pulled out of WrestleMania. He is in, in remission uh, from leukemia, so he does not. I mean, very very smart. Do not put yourself in that kind of situation. So he is not going to wrestle. It's just a bad look for WWE right now. I, I don't. I don't. I think they should just cancel WrestleMania and just move forward and try to do something bigger, maybe in the summer with SummerSlam or something like that. But they're not going to because Vince McMahon is a crazy person. But for right now, it's just it's just not going to be the same for them. And I, and I don't know how they're going to uh, to make it work. WrestleMania with no crowd that doesn't work, does it? It's like I could see how you could have a sporting event with no crowd. Okay, I, I get that. But WrestleMania, which is you know something that's it's driven by fan the fans. I don't get how you're going to do that in just the WWE Performance Center with you know nobody nobody in there. The president's hairpiece is about to blow off. That's not good. Are they doing so, a briefing outside? That, yeah, I've, that'll be a winner if it happens. Though. Yep. Yeah, outside the uh, – he, he's reaching up. <laughs> he continues to reach up to the left side of his ha- hair and kind of press it down as it starts to blow away. I don't know that necessarily he has a hairpiece, but it, yeah, it's like the world's biggest come over or what it, whatever it is. Uh, it's flapping in the breeze outside the White House. They decided to go outside the uh, briefing. Oh, he just moved the whole thing. It is a piece. Is this confirmed? I always thought it was real. Richard Cross just confirmed it here on uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, no, I mean, look, I'm not. There are a lot of people that can spot a spot a rug from a mile away. Like there are people that are just really, really good at that. But he just he like reached up to the right side above his ear and kind of pushed his hair down and like it made the hair on the front of his head move. Rippy, are you a, are you a hairpiece? expert no i am not i thought it was real i'd been told i don't know I, it, it, it may be he always what it may be real i'm not saying one way or another like this is not crushing any like firmly planted beliefs i had i just didn't know 
Mike in Grand Bay sends us a message that says, who cares? Well, nobody really cares, but Mike, it was just something to talk about. It's not like I'm the first person that has ever commented on Donald Trump's hair. And him doing a an extremely important, I guess, serious news conference outside the White House with the wind howling seems like that was a poorly crafted idea by someone in a position of authority. Yeah, you've got like a Loser hat as your Cross brand. For Put that on that hair thing up. I, I don't. I don't get why you're a loser for that. But okay. <laughs> somebody, somebody does need to hand him one of his cool hats right now. Uh, there you go. Losers are the picnickers under the pavilions at Sardis yesterday. He says there were thousands there. Picnics under the pavilions. People were not practicing safe distancing. That was kind of mine. Did y'all see the beach picture where I think one county in Florida had closed its beaches and the other had not? You could like see exactly where that started. Yeah, one of them, the the one that was yes. closed was Duval County. It was, which is Jacksonville, right? Duval. Yeah, uh, St. John's County and Duval County were the uh, were the two. Rippy, that was a remarkable. It was like there was a imaginary barbed wire fence right down the middle of the beach and on one side of the fence lots of people enjoying the sun and on the other side of the beach crickets yeah i mean you had what appeared to be a couple cops on four-wheelers i imagine that's probably where the line was seems uh seems reasonable mike in oxford says he's waiting on results from the ncaa division one council meeting to determine if they are my winner or my loser yeah, I keep refreshing Twitter to see uh, when that's going to come down, and uh, it makes it worries me a little bit. And this vote, you know, who knows? But the USA Today ran a, a particular column uh, talking about how difficult it would be for the NCAA to grant immunity to everybody, which I kind of took as public relations uh, damage control ahead of the vote. Uh, so hopefully, that's not the case. Yeah. From Handyman and McGee, my winner is my wife. She is an emergency preparedness nurse for the state health department. She's on the front line fighting coronavirus. Handyman and McGee, please give our most sincere thanks to your wife for her efforts. Have you seen uh, some of the pictures of, of these people that are having to work these uh, extremely long shifts without like adjusting their clothing or anything. The marks that are being left on their faces from their masks and glasses and stuff. The bruising yes. around their mouth and chin and around their eyes from not being able to take these things off for a dozen hours at a time. I, I, I can't fathom that. Caleb and Olive Branch. Winner. How about NASCAR moving to iRacing simulators so fans can still have superstars to cheer on? The NASCAR deal has been pretty forward-thinking and, as best I can tell, has been received well. Have you guys seen some of that? I think the first one they did had like a million five hundred thousand people watch it. It's pretty incredible. It's a big number for NASCAR drivers digitally racing each other, yeah. 
Here's the winner on the C Spire text line. My winner, gas prices. Well, I concur on that. So at some point this weekend, I guess it was Saturday morning, I had to fill up my the gas tank on my truck. So if we rewind, what, a handful of years to when everybody said gas was going to $5 a gallon, you remember how frustrating it was if you had to completely fill up your gas tank? If you had a large gas tank and the pump would shut off before your your vehicle, your tank was entirely full, usually there was like a shutoff at 90 or or $100. And the gas tank on my truck is huge. It's like 36 gallons. And so I couldn't fill it all the way up if it was on E without it shutting off. On Saturday morning, I filled up my truck, which was almost empty, 31, 32, 33 gallons, something like that, and filled up two five-gallon gas cans, and it was like 60 bucks. This is fantastic. I'm with you on the uh, gas prices being a winner. Losers, the idiots taking their kids and whole families to the grocery stores. Mm. Somebody said we should call ourselves winners for putting on a great show even when there's no sports. That's from Mike and Brandon. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. Your check's in the mail. Mike in Grand Bay says the virus has nothing to do with gas prices. Didn't say it did. Here's one winner, President Trump. Through a Twitter video yesterday, Reggie Perry announced that he was declaring for the NBA draft. There will be a draft, although with more limited scouting, so they will have to pretty heavily rely on tape when looking at prospects. Brian, hey, Dad, what does does Reggie Perry's tape say about what kind of pro he can be? I think he could be a, a good pro. I don't know that he's a star at the next level, but you know, you always need somebody who can who can play down low, get rebounds, play some defense. He's good enough offensively in terms of playing with his back to the basket, and he's got enough. I think he's got enough of a jump shot, you know, that he that defenses just can't collapse on him down there. And he's a good passer out of the post. I think he's got a lot of tools. Um, you know, you, I don't think he ever saw it truly come together for him, and that's sort of surprising considering how good he was this this year, averaging a double-double. I think he still had another layer, another ceiling to break through. Um, but I think he'll be, I think if he gets an opportunity, he'll be a good pro. Is there any reason for him to come back for a junior season? No, and he's not going to. This is an official uh, – he's not, he's not no, just no, putting I, his toe I, in the water. Oh, okay, no, I, think so. I understand uh, that he's not. No, I'm I, saying with your thought of – you felt like there was another level. You think – if there is another level, he finds it at the next level as opposed to, you know, appreciably improving his draft stock by coming back to college for another year? Yeah, yeah, I think it's just it's time to go. You know, he, he came to college with a plan of probably being a one-and-done or two-and-done. Uh, I, I think, you know, if, you, if you're going to get NBA-level co- coaching, you, your best bet is to do it at the NBA level. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know that he'll be drafted. I mean, a lot of mock drafts. Have him in the mid-second round, uh, but that said, I think this was his plan all along, and uh, he's going to stick to it. And I, I, th- I think moving on for him probably makes the most sense. I think he would he would be disheartened to come back for another year. To be honest with you, um, had a meeting you you guys did earlier today with uh, Ben Howland. What's yeah. uh, what's on his mind right now? Is he uh, has to has to lay low? I mean, a, a basketball season that abruptly came to an end. Uh, and came to an end without being eliminated for the year. 
Yeah, the word he used was devastated to describe how he felt uh, when he had to tell the team that, uh, that the season was, was going to be over. Um, but that said, you know, he's got a lot on his plate right now because the team is, is going to look a lot different. The state's had five guys enter the transfer portal uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, recruiting is so different for him now. I asked him about that. You know, everything's being done by phone, uh, by FaceTime. You can't have prospects on campus. Uh, they, so they want to try to sign three more guys, and that's in addition to the two they already have signed. So, you know, they want to get three, three more prospects total. Remember, MSU is under probation this year. They have to be at uh, 12 scholarships. can't be at 13. Uh, I would expect State to uh, continue to, you know, scour the transfer portal. They're going to need a uh, probably a, a, maybe a veteran point guard. They've got a lot of, uh, you know, youth there, and I think they got some talent there with Iris and Molinar. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with with Nick Weatherspoon there. Uh, I don't know if he's going to stay at the one or maybe move back to the two. Now that you have De- Devion Smith coming in, a top fifty player nationally, uh, State's still recruiting Keandre Montgomery, who's the the state's top player, uh, the four star prospect out of uh, Forest Hill High School there in Jackson. Uh, but I expect them to, be, to get a, go to go the transfer route as well. So we'll probably see some some of those names start popping up the next few weeks. So is it a total of five guys that are leaving, or is it five guys plus Reggie Perry? It's five guys plus Reggie Perry. Uh, freshman Elias King and Devin Butts are gone. Junior Prince Aduro and Keyshawn Fizel are gone. And senior EJ Datcher is gone. And with Datcher and Oduro, they were playing almost none. Keyshawn, uh, Keyshawn Fizel was playing almost every game, but it was like four minutes a game. Keyshawn, yeah, wasn't getting a whole lot of minutes. He and Adoro were basically about the same guy in terms of getting minutes. Datcher didn't play at all this past season. They, they determined, and he wasn't even on scholarship. He he, he gave up his scholarship, uh, redshirted so that he could be a grad transfer this year and can can transfer without penalty. Uh, he'll he'll move on. My guess is he can be a contributor at 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 a group of five. Isn't really a thing in basketball, but that level school. I always thought he was a a competent role player and a guy who you know gave you some some quality minutes. But he was never going to be a big-time player at the SEC level. We see movement all the time in college basketball, right? Rosters get reshaped every year. It 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 doesn't feel like usually we see six guys leave a program. And I guess there's still a potential that there could be a seventh as Robert Woodard has sought out the, the information, like the, the grade, the draft grade, the feedback from teams. Uh, could potentially do some workouts, or, or in a normal year would be able to do some workouts for some teams and get feedback. That's not going to be uh, a possibility this year. Is this just a normal movement, or is there something else? And I, I guess I hesitate in asking that because, you know, if it were six or seven players leaving that played a lot of minutes, you mm-hmm. might be concerned. But when five of the players combined for about Five and a half minutes a game? Yeah. Just kind of a thing. I, I think, you know, it's it's sort of a little bit of both. You know, obviously I think Aduro could have played a bigger role this year. I don't next year. I don't know about Fizel. Um just because you need some guys down there. The the, the thing that's concerning is you the two true freshmen because the, the, you just have to chalk those up as recruiting misses. Uh, you know, those are guys state only played seven guys this year. You would have thought there was room for another guy to be in the rotation there, but 
none of those guys could crack the rotation. Hallen said he wasn't surprised by any of those decisions. I'm a little surprised by Oduro more than anything else, just because that's, this will be his second transfer, his third college in three years. Thought he might have, you know, tried to tough it out another season, especially, you know, if Woodard leaves, Oduro is a guy who might have been in position to, to get a lot of minutes. I don't think Woodard's going to leave. We'll see how that goes. Like you said, Hallen told us today, he's going to, you know, reach out to the advisory committee and see what their, their grade for him is. But I think Woodard will be back. It's an interesting team next year. They just got to find some depth. Is it a postseason team next year? <sighs> Maybe. I think the the big question for them is Galen Smith, the transfer from Western Kentucky, who was ineligible this season. You know, obviously, I don't expect him to come in and be Reggie Perry, but can he be a, a you know Eric Holman kind of guy? Can he give you you know ten, twelve points a game, six, seven rebounds a game? If he can do that, and Woodard and Witherspoon are a little bit better, Molinar's a little bit better. Oh goodness! If, if he gives you twelve and seven, yeah, that's incredible. I mean, well, Perry, well, Perry gave you seventeen and ten, so that's you know, I mean, that that would be. You know, a step down, so, but I'm just saying. I, I, and I think Devion Smith's going to they're going to need him to come in and play pretty well pretty early. I mean, a guy with his recruiting caliber, like I said, he's a top 50 player nationally. I think you expect a guy like that to come in and, and be good right off the jump. Ripley, I know we're talking Mississippi State basketball right now, but I, I'm kind of curious if you've given much thought to what Ole Miss's roster will look like next year, how dramatically different it will be obviously Bree and Tyree will not be back unless we get some crazy ruling that they allow winter sports guys to get another year of eligibility it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen and I don't know that Bree and Tyree would necessarily come back even if it did that's the biggest difference on this Ole Miss roster what else will be different I mean you'll have Jarkel Joyner come in and presumably take Tyree's slot you have Matthew Morrell coming in and then you've had uh, Franco Miller and Carlos Curry exit the program. There may be one more, maybe two. I'm not sure that could change. But other than that, you'll they'll probably look to add two guys. They'll certainly be in the transfer and grad transfer market. But you know, it'll be different, but not just widespread roster attrition. Yeah. Is that an Ole Miss team that can get into the postseason next year? Um. I mean, I don't see it, but I, I mean, you're over a year off, so what do I know at this point? But no, I mean, possibly, I, I don't know. I mean, you're over a year away. Sure. That's a, it's a long way off. I just was trying to kind of decide. If, it, it was like the team, that the, this Ole Miss team this year was missing something. Maybe it's missing a bunch of somethings. But in particular, you, you didn't get the play from Blake Henson and K.J. Buffett on a consistent basis that you needed, and there wasn't a ton of depth. And I guess I was just kind of curious in losing Brian Tyree, who was clearly the best player on the roster, if there's a road to being better than this year's Ole Miss team, even though you lose the best player. I mean, I think you'd have to know what the full roster is to look like to answer that. I guess it's certainly possible. They lacked a secondary score this year. They're hoping Jarkel Joyner can fill uh, a lot of what Tyree left behind, but until you see it, it's kind of hard to see, and it's definitely even more difficult to prognosticate. Yeah. What would that mean for if if they miss the postseason a second straight year? What does that mean for Kermit year four? Would he be on the hot seat? No. So you're talking 2022 to... at this point? Yeah, I mean, we're really looking ahead, but yeah, if he misses back-to-back postseasons. I guess it just depends on how it looks. Are they close? Are they a bubble team next year, or are they completely... Out of the conversation, late January, early February. I guess it would really just depend 
on how it looked. I don't imagine there being too much of a hot seat either way, but I guess things could change between now and then. And kind of able to extend yourself right out of the gate when you get to the tournament in year one, right? Yeah, that'll buy you a lot of capital. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. We will wrap up this 4 o'clock hour coming up in just a couple of minutes. Still nothing happening. Well, I mean, I guess there's stuff happening behind closed doors, just no announcements that we've seen yet from the NCAA Division I Council meeting. That is the entity that is going to decide um, on eligibility for spring student-athletes who have had their seasons come to an end early. Talked about the NCAA kind of putting it out there, oh, we're for eligibility for everybody, and then they've kind of walked that back a a little bit. We've heard that uh, there are a couple of Power Five conferences that are not um, necessarily for granting an an additional year of eligibility and uh, still kind of waiting to see what happens. What's the reaction if it doesn't pass? Within college athletic circles, obviously I think most of the fans are going to be pretty pissed, but like, if this doesn't pass... What is the Ole Miss and Mississippi State internal reaction to that? The public reaction or the internal reaction? The internal. Keith Carter and John Cohen, Mike Bianco, Chris Limonis. What is, what are they, not what they would say publicly, but internally, what do you think they want to happen here in this meeting? I don't know John as well as I know Keith. But I know him reasonably well. And this is this is Borky, I'm trying to answer your question and it is an opinion. So if you're listening, hear hear what I'm saying. While it might be financially beneficial for schools like Ole Miss and Mississippi State, not to mention Southern Miss and South Alabama and Middle Tennessee and lots of other small schools that don't have massive budgets. While it might be financially beneficial for an extra year of eligibility not to be put into place, and I I think they would admit that, I mean, the, the numbers kind of bear it out. I think both of them would be incredibly disappointed. And, and for what it's worth, John Cohen, through a Zoom call with the Starkville Rotary Club today, said that SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey is voting to restore eligibility to all student-athletes, not just seniors. The commissioner is not doing that on his own. All the ADs that that we've talked to and that I've heard interviews with have spoken pretty highly of Greg Sankey and the leadership that he has provided through this difficult time. I know some people can't stand him. I I get that. A A lot of people don't like Greg Sankey. 
athletics directors like Greg Sankey and the university presidents, I think, like Greg Sankey. That said, Greg Sankey could not go into the D1 Council and vote to restore eligibility for all student-athletes if the athletics directors and the presidents were not on board. I'm encouraged by the fact that the SEC says, this is the right thing to do, do it. If it's financial hardship, fine, so be it, we'll deal with it, we'll figure it out. Through no fault of their own, every student athlete that uh, competes in a spring sport lost a season, did not have the opportunity to compete for a championship through absolutely no fault of their own. We owe it to them to figure out the best way to make that up to them. Borky, I wasn't trying to, like, politically answer that. I mean... No, that was a straight answer. I mean, I, I guess to some degree, if it didn't happen... Yeah, maybe John Cohen, Keith Carter, if they're sitting in their office by themselves, they go, that's one last thing i got to plan for financially. But that's the only bright side out of that. And your question about Mike Pianco, Chris Limonis? I think they're bummed out. Now, in some ways, if we're just being completely honest here, not giving that year, year of eligibility back would make the jobs of Mike Bianco and Chris Lamonis a whole lot easier. Because baseball rosters in specific, because of the equivalency sport thing, it's going to be really complicated to figure out how to manage your roster. Not just this year, but for years to come. But I think they welcome that challenge. A weird deal. Hopefully we uh, we get some of that information before too terribly long. Sports Talk Mississippi. Take a time out. I'll be right back. Borky, I'm curious. When I don't start talking, because normally I start talking pretty quickly once the music gets going, do you get nervous? Nervous? No. Curious? How, yeah. How, how long? How long before you go? Do I need to tell him we're back? Hey, hey, go music. <laughs> it's not as bad as uh, when you were on remote and you were shooting uh, guns at a gun range, and like two minutes into the segment, you guys were still in that room shooting guns. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were doing. Uh, there was at a remote at, at Hunter's Hollow. That's right in yeah. Oxford. And you're over and there shooting. What, what were you shooting, too? It was, was something cool, like an MP5 was, or something. And it was a SCAR machine gun. Oh, it man. was awesome. <laughs> it was absolutely maybe the coolest thing I've ever shot. And I'm sitting here. And Houston's apparently just banging on the glass trying to get your attention to come back. <laughs> so i got ear protection on. I'm shooting machine gun. There's like six-inch six thick glass and like this, you know, metal door that's the size of a bank vault door. And we wasn't going to hear Houston. And somewhere along the way, I looked at my watch. I was like, oh, sorry. It started oh, already. Man. 
kind of ran back out. No, that was fun. That was uh, that was a cool. I, I've shot one other machine gun. Um, years ago, it was a uh, a World War II era German machine gun. Uh, German machine gun um, that a uh, a guy who is a an avid collector. Um, he actually lives in Jackson, and was at uh, dear friend of mine's place outside of town and set it up on the uh on the bipod and oh man you want to talk about cool i'm jealous man that was fun that was fun this is sports talk mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm we are glad to have you along this afternoon the ceasefire text line is open 601-879-4395 601-879-4395ceasefire and ummc are partnering to help mississippi cancel covid-19 for a limited time, COVID-19 screenings are free through the C Spire Health app for anyone in Mississippi with fever, respiratory issues, or other symptoms of the disease. Download the app to chat with a UMC clinician from your phone. For all Mississippians, a consultation through the app is required to be tested for COVID-19. They can quickly assess your symptoms and determine if you should get tested for the virus. Learn more at C Spire Health. Com. Time right now for the College Football Fix. Oh! Oh! Forky changing it up on us! Yeah, I felt like mixing up this song from here on out. I like it! College Football Fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. That Monday night party coming up. Check out buyfordnow.com. You can find out all that they've got to offer right now. You can find some deals on Ford F-150, the best-selling trucks in America. Just stop by and uh, visit your local Mississippi Ford dealer, or if you are in the uh, business of practicing social distancing, as you should, then uh, maybe you give them a call. Talk to uh, one of the sales representatives. Talk to them about what you're looking for, what it is that – you would like for them to find for you, and uh, then when it's uh, safe to do so, you can test drive it and uh, pull the trigger on one today. That's only at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. All right, Borky, lay this out for us. All right, so last night, uh, believe it or not, flashback to my college days, I was playing Call of Duty with a buddy of mine. And out of nowhere, he just says, you know Mike Leach isn't the coach at Mississippi State if Eli doesn't trip that day. And I thought... Well, that's a bit of a stretch, but I figured we could have some fun with that. So if you've ever had a thought like that, like your biggest what if or if this doesn't happen, this doesn't happen in college football. So my buddy last night, Matt, said if Eli Manning doesn't trip, he instead leads a game-winning touchdown drive against LSU in 2003. Mike Leach isn't the head coach at Mississippi State today. Oh, connect the dots for me. What, here what here was, so okay, I was like you, I was like, dude, what are you talking about? But he said this, if Eli doesn't trip, they score a touchdown, Ole Miss wins the SEC, David Cutcliffe doesn't get fired the next year, which means you don't get three years of bad Ed Orgeron that turns into Houston Nutt, that turns into Hugh Freeze, and if Hugh Freeze doesn't happen at Ole Miss, DK Metcalf's peace celebration doesn't happen, therefore Elijah Moore's peace celebration doesn't happen, and Joe Moorhead doesn't get fired after 
winning the Egg Bowl. That, that's just the dots that he connected. Doesn't really make sense to me, but hey. That feels like a reach. It was a reach. That but is a bit of a reach. It was like 12-15. We're sleep deprived. We were just talking. But there's some pretty the, good ones that you can come out of this, though. The, 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 the easier route to that would have been, didn't Ole Miss play Mike Leach in the Cotton Bowl that year? No, no that was played, 08, wasn't it? Yeah, okay. They played never mind. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. 08. Okay, so never mind. My, my thought process is completely wrong. But still, I think that's a reach. Yes. It's a big reach, but maybe less of a reach would be, say, if Laramie Tunsil signs with Georgia, Hugh Freeze is still the coach at Ole Miss today. I can get there. See, that one's a little bit uh, more practical, isn't it? The, the, only, the only problem is... I think Ole Miss was going to stick with Hugh Freeze through the NCAA stuff, and then the the other stuff gave him a, gave him an out. So if the other stuff is the other stuff is the problem, the Tunsil and, and the other stuff aren't. And I, I'm trying to be diplomatic by saying the other stuff. Uh, I don't I don't know I don't know. But if the NCAA thing isn't as strong, are people coursing through his phone records? That's a good point. I don't know. Yes, probably so. Mm, yeah. Yeah, but maybe for a different reason. Maybe it's not because of the NCAA stuff. Maybe it's because Ole Miss has continued to have success and it's eating at people and there was a tip and that tip leads to coursing through phone records and you end up at the same place. Maybe. Um, I think that bad behavior that is being covered up by um, – very public proclamations of good behavior is almost always eventually found out. Just saying. No, I agree with that. It's a good way to put it. That was as diplomatic as I could We're possibly We're being so diplomatic be. today. They put us in charge of an embassy. Yeah, but you're saying... What about this? What about this? If Drew Stubbs doesn't fly like Superman in the outfield at Swayze Field, then Mike Bianco's legacy is completely different because the Rebels have won a baseball national championship, and instead of having been to Omaha once in two decades, they've probably been half a dozen times. I always like to do that from the Mississippi State perspective. If Gene Morgan well, hold on before you before you change it to a Mississippi State thing, do you buy into that or no? I don't know who Drew Stubbs is. So Drew I, I, Stubbs I, was the outfielder for the the center fielder for Texas that could absolutely fly. Who robbed Stephen Head of that rocket into the right center field gap that would have scored two or three in like the bottom of the seventh inning of that clinching game, or maybe it was game two even against Texas and would have sent that team to the College World Series, and that was the same team that Augie Garrido, when he got to Omaha, said, we won't play anybody better than Ole Miss. That's the best team in the country, and we just happened to beat them. Gotcha. So I'm taking a lot of liberties saying that that team actually wins the College World Series 
And if you have a team like that that wins the College World Series, it becomes a whole lot easier to get back. Yeah, I agree with that. That's my point for State. I've always thought that if Gene Morgan doesn't take a line drive off the ankle, State wins in 85, and I think State might have turned into what LSU became. They might have won four, three or four national titles. So maybe I'm going a bit further, obviously, because I'm going national titles. But it, it, I agree. When you when you win the first one, it becomes easier to win another one. Yeah. Not a Mississippi-related one, but Game 6 of the 2016 Western Conference Finals is probably the biggest NBA one of the last decade. The Clay Thompson game where the Warriors just, I mean, excuse me, the Thunder just choked it away. What happens after that? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oklahoma City probably sport. wins a title. You don't get Durant. What happens to the Warriors after that and all the trickle-down effect? Go right, watch that go. end Six of that game again. Line. They were up six with like three mi- or seven with three minutes left. 601-879-4395. Give us your uh, Kevin Bacon sports connect-the-dot what-ifs. suggest that we should simply call this segment the butterfly effect like it hey gino you didn't like my uh kevin bacon connect the dot sports what ifs was that too wordy for you several of you have pointed to uh, nick saban there are a lot of what ifs with nick saban in alabama right yeah the most simple one what was, it was just Drew, Bre- Drew Brees? If if he if the doctors in Miami say, "Yeah, we're good to go," everything we know about football right now is different. Hmm. How how about this one? If the doctors do say you're good to go, or even if just if Rich Rodriguez takes the Alabama job, they yeah, do not a- win a national championship from then on. No, probably not. Rich Rod actually took credit for that earlier this year when asked. It was a pretty good answer. He's charismatic with the media, but does Alabama, if Rich Rodriguez takes that job, win a national championship from that point on? They've won, what, five since then? I believe that's correct. I'm going to say yes, they do. They don't win five. Think they get one just because they are who they are? Because they're Alabama. Yeah, but they were who they were from 1992 to 2006 and didn't win one. Mm -hmm. They would have gotten it right eventually. They wouldn't have gotten it Nick Saban right, but they would have eventually gotten it right. Uh, Look, I'm not an Alabama apologist at all. I'm just saying that it matters so much there. That there would have got, there would have come a point where they would have gone and gotten somebody. They wouldn't have gotten the greatest of all time, Nick Saban. They would have gotten somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I like where you're going with this, but <laughs> I think everybody outside of Tuscaloosa likes it. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it's just a difference of opinion. Um, but I mean, there are a lot of different ways that you can go with that, right? I mean, if 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 that doctor clears Drew Brees, Nick Saban stays in Miami. Yeah. How many Super Bowls has Miami won? At least one. That's how I many the Saints have won with Brees. Yeah, I think. 
Are the Saints still in New Orleans? That's if the doctor question. clears Drew because you're Brees. talking about you know who was the other free agent quarterback prize that year? New Orleans Saints quarterback Dante Culpepper. Which is who Miami ended up with. Yes. So I don't know. And Dante Culpepper, to his credit, was an athletic freak. Yeah, but he wasn't yeah, that when he got quite to, had the to, same to career. Miami. No, yeah. no, he wasn't. And, and he, he was never the same quarterback after he got hurt. Connect, give, give me a connect the dots. You got one, Borky? Here's one on the text line. If Colt McCoy does not get hurt, what happens in the national championship game? What happens to Alabama after that? I've, I've seen that one a bunch. I'm not a big fan of that one. Because if you remember, Colt McCoy in Texas had to, I'll say it, cheat to beat Nebraska. That the officials gave him that game. And uh, that Alabama team was great. They, I don't think they were going to beat Alabama. Another one on the text line. What happens if Cooper Manning never gets injured? Mm. Does Peyton Manning go to Ole Miss? Then what does college football look like today if that happens? Didn't Peyton yeah, say so that, Cooper Richard? Ma- yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, said it was very likely that he would have gone to Ole Miss had not Cooper gotten hurt. And and, and to say he got hurt, that's not exactly yeah. getting – I mean – if Cooper Manning had not been diagnosed with a degenerative spinal condition, it's not like he just got hurt and quit playing football. And, and uh, again, I'm not picking nits when I say that. I just, you know, for history's yeah, sake, let's get that part right. Yeah. Um, then, yes, Peyton Manning probably goes to Ole Miss. Now, I would say there's a good chance that that means Eli Manning does not go to Ole Miss. Ooh. Don't want I mean, to follow if you want that, to comp- that act, yeah. I, I could be wrong. I mean, you know, at that point, dad and both brothers have gone to school there. Maybe he just follows in the footsteps. Kind of felt like he wanted to do something a little bit different, though. Uh, but if, I, if, I, if Peyton I had elevated Ole Miss to a, a championship kind of program, though, maybe, maybe so. He, he, yeah. yeah, maybe so. For for my my money for for Mississippi State in football, what if Cam Newton comes to Mississippi State? You're playing I'm for taking, a title. I don't know if you win it or not, but you're playing. You're playing for, and you're taking one away you're from playing in the SEC championship game. You know, Gene Chizik is a unmitigated failure at Auburn. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. Do you think it's in doubt that they would have won a title with Newton? I, I, I and I don't even know that they would have played for the national title. I mean, they they lost pretty badly to Alabama, uh, but obviously having Cam is is a huge huge factor. But I don't know. I don't, it's difficult to say. That was a really good Mississippi State team that won nine games with Chris Ralph. I, it's, I think it's fair to say with Cam Newton they could have won eleven or twelve. Yeah. So they lost to I, you remember this, hey Dad? But for the listener, Honestly. they lost to uh, Mississippi or they lost to Auburn by three. Mm-hmm. In Baton Rouge by 22, mm-hmm. in Tuscaloosa by 20, mm-hmm. and a double overtime game against Arkansas. They at least yeah. win two more games. I would venture to guess that they win well, they three more games. They obviously beat Auburn because Auburn had Cam Newton. Right. Yeah. They probably would have beaten Arkansas, and that was a hell of a game. Uh, and then I don't know if they would have beaten LSU or not. LSU was, was good that year and just sort of beat them up. But Cam was just but, such but Cam, a difference. It, it, 
It's just different, yeah. But you know, I don't know. It's 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 again, it's the what ifs. What's the time frame for Peyton Manning? Right, Ole Miss had just gotten put on probation, or yeah. was being investigated at the time. They they were on probation going into the '94 season because Jolie Dunn was the interim. So '94. 94 would have been Peyton's freshman year. Mm-hmm, true freshman year, yeah. And it was Jolie Dunn and then Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> Jolie I Dunn mean, coaching uh, Peyton Bay. Hold on, let, let, let's just let, let's flesh this thing out for a second. I mean, there, there, there are a lot of it. you got to get to a bunch of ifs to actually getting Peyton Manning there. But, look, I mean... What Peyton Manning accomplished at Tennessee is not happening at Ole Miss with Jolie Dunn. Is I don't think whatever. Although maybe Jolie Dunn gets the head coaching job if Peyton Manning is up playing. He probably doesn't go. They were I think three and eight that year. I mean maybe Peyton Manning goes six and five. And then what do you do? I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> let's just take the Jolie. Let's just. Get to sophomore year with Tommy Tuberville. Now you got something. Because you think about, I mean, look, but but Ole Miss was on scholarship limitations there. They were trying to dig themselves out of the hole. I mean, could the results have been that much different? You probably would have recruited a little bit different type of player. I was trying to play that for us. I, I, I was thinking, okay, so Peyton Manning, and now you're recruiting better, and Tommy Tuberville's got Peyton Manning. Is he going to parlay that into Auburn, or does that make him a little bit happier to be where he is? Uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? If Troy don't. Aikman doesn't get injured under Switzer at OU, Switzer converts to a passing game and competes better against Jimmy Johnson at Miami for three years instead of settling for just one more natty in 85 against Penn State. How about this? Billy Brewer would not have gotten fired if Peyton Manning had been coming to Ole Miss. I actually buy that. Yeah, especially if I don't know. I mean, think back in the day. Was there even a, a, an idea that a player could just get out of a letter of intent? Yeah, so, probably not. So yeah, I don't know. David and Socher says, "What if we had let the pine trees grow in left field?" The uh, what? So, I mean, so the Ole Miss Baseball Stadium opens and you've got the entire left field hill covered in pine trees. It was a long time before they cleared that. Kind of turned the outfield into a thing. But that was like, he says from 86 to 90? I think it was a lot longer than that. I think it was mid-90s before they cut the pine trees in the outfield. What if Sleepy doesn't tear his knee up against Florida in 92? Who would they have lost to? That's from Brad. That's a good question. Would Tom Brady even be talked about if Drew Brees hadn't, I'm sorry, Drew Bledsoe hadn't gotten hurt? 
Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. All right, so the meeting started about uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time, 4 o'clock Central, the Division I Council. And we've got our first bit of news. Nicole Auerbach at the Athletics, uh, the Athletic tweets, Source tells the Athletic that NCAA Division I Council has approved a blanket waiver for all spring sport athletes to get an extra year of eligibility. Schools will be able to offer less or zero aid or match what they provided this year. It is up to each school for each athlete. Also, Kendall Rogers following up, I was told the vote tally to give everyone a waiver was overwhelmingly yes with no's in the single digits. Have not confirmed this figure with a second source, but it's the same source the blanket waiver came from. And Kendall Rogers also points out that the apparently there was a letter uh, by from SAC, which is SAAC Student Athlete Advisory Council, that was pleading with administrators in the NCAA to add or grant an extra year of eligibility and that that actually really carried some weight with the uh, with the leaders. Carried so much weight that they put a caveat in there that they don't have to pay for anything if you want to come back. It's half my right. My guess is that was the way that my guess is that was the way they were able to get not just consensus but overwhelming consensus because there's some schools that say we can't afford this. We we can't afford to do it. And so those schools who say we can't afford to do it. You give them the option of saying, you don't have to do it. Yeah. Or you can say, yes, we'll be happy to take you back, but we can't afford to give you a scholarship, or we can't afford to give you the same amount of scholarship you were given last year. Here's the thing that I wonder if, we're re- we, if we are reading correctly into this. If it says you can give the same amount of scholarship money that you gave this year, does that mean roster sizes and scholarship limits are set aside? That's what we're going to have to find out in probably the next day or two. That's what that's going to be the big, the biggest question left to answer. And is it a one-year set aside? Because if you say everybody gets an extra year of eligibility, that means technically your freshmen are freshmen again next year, your sophomores are sophomores, your juniors are juniors, your seniors are seniors, and you've got another group of freshmen, they're just first-year freshmen. So you got first-year freshmen, second-year freshmen, or, or yeah, however you want to look at it. And, and so that could affect the scholarship numbers and the expenses for multiple years, right? Yeah, it feels like there's definitely a, a – it's, it's, it's going to be a, a situation they have to figure out going forth. It may, it may just I – don't, I don't know how they're going to do it. You know, not, not my job to figure that out. But on the surface, it feels like you're just going to have to not look at roster size for, for at least, you know, 
At least two seasons. Five maybe years. Three. Well, I, you know, oh, I, it's five. I mean, I get what you're saying, but I have to think that you know, in the in the world of college sports, there's always enough attrition and people just leave of their own accord that you might be able to get back to normal. And they might just tell you, like, look, we're going to do this, but you got two years to get back to a normal roster. That's if it felt that like, like the right thing doable. to do, if it felt like the right thing to do, I would be absolutely more than happy right now to give a standing ovation to the NCAA. But the reality is this isn't the NCAA that did this. <laughs> this is the Division One Council, which is made up of commissioners and some presidents and the Student Athlete Advisory Committee and a bunch of different people who make the decisions that they then pass along to the NCAA. Uh, so so I'll, I'll give the NCAA a tip of the cap. They did early on say that, that they were open to the idea of looking into additional eligibility. Uh, look, hey, Dad, I mean, we were talking about the, you know, the, the butterfly effect of this, if we want to keep the same phrase going. And, and Rippy, feel free to jump in. You as well, Borky. This is going to be complicated. It, it's going to be complicated. But it was, by golly, the right thing to do. And I think we can all appreciate the right thing being done. I'm amazed that it happened. Are you? Yes. The NCAA did something right. The NCAA didn't do it. Oh, it doesn't matter. The, the, something was done that that benefits are, college are you going to let the NCAA wear the badge on this? Sure. Let them have it. Congrats. I mean, the NCAA is the schools at the end of the day. You know, they, 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 the NCAA and the universities, they work together. They work in concert with each other. So, yeah, I'll give the NCAA the credit for this. And, and doesn't happen very often, but take it. Hmm. I still think it's half right. It's, it's good. I, it's a good thing. Almost. I just There's going to be a school with a hundred plus million, I just tweeted this, hundred plus million dollar athletic budget that's going to tell a softball player she can come back to school, but we can't afford to keep you on scholarship anymore. That's going to happen. You are going to have schools with massive budgets tell athletes that they can't afford to keep them on scholarship anymore. And that's garbage. This applies to all spring sports. It does not apply to winter sports. And so... Men's and women's basketball, gymnastics, mm, swimming and diving. This does not affect them in a in a positive way. This is baseball, softball, men's and women's golf, men's and women's tennis, uh, lacrosse, track and field, track and field. So this affects a lot of student athletes all over the country in a positive way. Borky, I get what you're saying, but I I think there were some coaches that had concerns about having to take everyone back. Because we, we don't talk about it as much. It's not the sexy part of college athletics, but coaches will tell you that attrition sometimes is good. Right. I understand that, but it's just not the right thing to do. Hey, I, I, forgive me. I don't care about the multi-million dollar 
well, baseball coach maybe doesn't apply. In this state, it does. The $500,000 a year baseball coach having to figure out his roster a little bit tougher this year than he did last year. I, I don't care about that. I, I care about the kids that some of them, this is a good opportunity and this will help because there are schools that will pay the piper, will give them what they were given last year and do the, the thing the right way. But there are going to be some kids out there that lost this last year, especially of eligibility. And the only thing that was keeping them in college was their scholarship. And now a school can take that away from them and they're done playing sports after their final season was taken away from them. There are people that can't just simply, if even if they get a reduction in scholarship, they can't afford it. There's just no possible way they could come back to school unless the school covers it like they were. And so now you're yeah. go, there's, there's a chance that a very wealthy athletic department is going to tell multiple kids, college kids, that you have to figure this out on your own when you were promised your seasons. One got taken away from you. Good luck. I, I, just, I hate that, the potential of that. And, and you'll probably have some of those um, some of those stories. Kendall Rogers tweets, the overwhelming feeling is that seniors will not count toward the roster limit or 11.7 scholarships. So that's baseball. But listen, baseball is unique in this spring sport landscape because it is an equivalency sport. It's not a headcount sport. Football is a headcount sport, 85 scholarships. Men's and women's tennis are – at least women's tennis is a headcount sport. Seven scholarships. So there are some there are some student ath- excuse me some student athletes who are now going to have the opportunity to get a master's degree with somebody else paying for it. Some, and that'll be exclusively good. Hope there's That's a, a lot more thing. of those than the alternative. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi with you.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.